Welcome to Burlers Hurlers Special Playoff Win Edition. I'm host Dan. This is host Don. About to sneeze a million times, so ignore me about that. Yeah, he'll be sneezing throughout the episode. So we wanted to do a quick pod uh, before today's game. Sox play at 2.30, 2.37, hopefully if the weather holds up. And we just kind of wanted to check in on what's been going on last night. We were both at the games uh, there with Becky and Vicky, the four of us. It was insane. So I don't even know if we want to talk about the first two games because they were so miserable. Don, do you want to hit on those at all? No, it, it, this game was like a reminder that baseball is so fun and that when your team is good and there's like a full crowd, it's like the best sport there is. But those first two games like made you forget. Then it's like, oh, I don't want to see these guys for six months. Yeah, pretty, pretty dark. It it just I think the only thing I want to talk about is like legit in like 24 hours, our season almost ended after six months of baseball. We had (laughs) a a day game or like an afternoon game and then an early afternoon game. And the season was almost over right then and there. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is insane. We were we were excited on cruise control for like three months. And now everything's about to end. Luckily, the Sox woke up last night and actually had some extra base hits. So, yeah, the crowd last night, that was probably the best baseball game I've ever been to in my life. It was amazing. The crowd was just thirsty for playoff baseball. Everyone was hands up, jumping, screaming, yelling cheater at Bregman, Altuve, and Correa. It was great. It was it was an amazing crowd. It. I'm not I'm not a soccer fan, but it reminded me of like when I see clips of like English soccer or like European soccer where the fans are just like nonstop for ninety minutes going nuts. I it felt like that where American sports crowd really don't get that raucous even in huge moments. But last night I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, especially the first inning. It was like oh, an man. hour long. Yeah. It was insane. Like people were cheering so much in the first top and bottom was got one run and it was like when the Astros scored again I think they scored like five unanswered runs it was also pretty (laughs) it was pretty stark difference like from all the energy it just all got sucked out like a huge vacuum like everyone was down in the dumps we couldn't throw a strike it went from like bedlam to just crickets and everyone had their hands on their face just like throw a strike please throw a strike it it was remarkable even like when Yaz hit the home run there was kind of like I don't know a muted celebration like okay that's still not enough and then Leary went center field and the place went crazy and then the vibe was just right back on there so it was a wild wild game to be at when Cease could not throw strikes, I thought it was great. I like a huge props to the fan base for not booing him. Because I think you heard like a couple people boo, like when Cease just couldn't get it together. But 
99.9% of the fans were just like, either like you said, just depressed and muted, or actually pretty encouraging. And I think that's a sign of like a good fan base. Like this guy is a huge reason that we're here. He's struggling, like booing doesn't, isn't going to be effective right now. Like we need right. him to be good. Let's encourage him. So yeah, I just thought it was like an awesome, because we've seen guys get booed who are like superstars who like strike out and like other fan base. Like how, what do you think you're doing right now? Or you're booing like prime Pujols? I don't know why that's the first example, but well, yeah. he gets booed a lot. So yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. That, that cease moment like really stuck out for some reason. Just like, man, we, we have good fans. We have good fans who love this team, who love these players. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was, it would possibly the last game we were going to either attend or even see. So I, I was, not going to be booing the Sox. I was going to be cheering even if we were losing late into the game. I think a lot of people probably had that same mentality. It's like you're saying, what good does it do to boo Cease at this point? None. So good on the Sox fans. The, uh, the conversely, I don't know if we want to go like anybody or anything, but conversely when uh, Kimbrell got brought in, after was that after Bummer was just like dealing? He was just like lights yeah. out. He and came when, in at uh, two outs in the seventh, right? Yeah, LaRusso started or walking eight. in. Yeah. People were booing that. People were like loud, like, no, 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 no. Like, do not take Bummer out. We don't want Kimbrell in. That was the first, like, fan versus player interaction that, like, went south. But I think it makes sense. Like, Kimbrell's not a White Sox. Like, he's been here for two months and he sucked. So he's I been that was bad. Funny. Yeah. It- Bummer had just, what, struck out five guys in a row. And to see Kimbrel, it's been bad for Kimbrel. But, you know, kudos to Tony for playing the bigger game, getting a little bit of confidence back yeah. in Kimbrel, able to close out an inning, getting out without giving up 10 runs, which is uh, unusual for him these days. So good managing there. And, yeah, I think it's justified. <laughs> like, Kimbrel's been really bad for the Sox. We gave up a lot for him. He's not been what he was supposed to be, the bullpen savior. and uh, Or, I don't know, savior or cement, something to seal it up. But, yeah, I think the Sox fans did a pretty good job. Um, outside of the cheering, I mean, one of the major events of the game, I was actually uh, in line to buy a beer and missed it when Grundahl was running to first and kind of got in the way of uh play at the plate. You got any, you got any thoughts on that, Don? It reminded me of uh, this year, Jason Benetti has been pretty vocal about how baseball needs what football has, where like after there's a review of something or after there's like a penalty in football or a pause in play, they explain to the crowd, like mostly it's for TV, but like they, the ref goes, explains to the crowd, we need something like that live because Nobody knew what was happening live unless you like immediately refresh Twitter, but like there's no Wi-Fi in the same. Like I texted my friend Danny. I was like, what is happening right now? Cause we, I mean, we had like seats that were pretty far away too. So I just think that this type of moment in huge games take 20 seconds and tell the fans what's going on. Yeah. It's such a complicated scenario that it might even be hard to explain what happened. Uh, do you think Yaz did it intentionally? Do you think there was some, uh, do you think it was shady? What are your thoughts on it? I don't, th- those, I don't think it was intentional. 
I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think it was like, I'm here, so I'm not going to get out of the way. Exactly. And maybe I'll throw a little elbow out there. But I think it, I don't think he came out of the box with that intention. I think he was just, I'm here. I'm going to do this. Yeah, and, if one if one end of the spectrum is like A Rod slapping Bronson Arroyo as like intentional, he mm-hmm. Grandal was like not towards that end of the spectrum. Right. And there was another little rule controversy in the the Rays Red Sox game with that ground rule double off the off the body. I don't know if you saw that highlight when you got home. Oh no, I didn't. What happened? So I think the Rays had a guy on first or first and second and hit a ball to the wall, bounced off the wall, bounced off the outfielder and out of play. And by when it touched the outfielder, the runner was already at third, but it was ruled like a ground rule double. Um, like you get two bases from when it happened and it's happened before. And I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. If they just explain what's going on, I mean, Boston fans and White Sox fans don't care because we came out on top. But for the TV audience, I think it would definitely help to, if there's a rule that backs the decision, quickly explain it and let's just move on. I think that's a great call. Oh, for sure. Let's kind of funny that the Sox had another catcher uh, controversy in the playoffs after, you know, the infamous drop third strike, A.J. Przinski. We've had we've been fortunate to have like really likable catchers, where like Yasmani, God, last night you would have thought he he's been on the team for fifteen years. You would have thought he's our like MVP, future Hall of Famer. Like you would have thought he's the Jose Abreu of the, in terms of like fan popularity. It's it's been astounding to see that transformation live in that environment. Oh yeah, I mean I think. Everyone in Chicago appreciates what he does at the plate. Like he's, I'd say our most, I, I don't cerebral hitter. So oh, there's yeah. always a space for a guy like that in our hearts. You want to highlight some uh, major moments? I, I have one uh, like super underrated moment that I thought like kind of maybe not changed the game, but like gave us a glimmer of hope. If you rewind to the bottom of the second inning, we were down 3-1. Sheets struck out in like two seconds. Larry Garcia struck out. And this was 3-1. Two outs already. Cesar Hernandez comes up. And it's a great at-bat. He like draws out a walk. I think it was like a seven-pitch walk. Yep. And it didn't lead to anything because I think uh, Anderson like got out right after. But just like putting up that little bit of fight when – that was when the fans were like, oh, no. Just like super solemn. Oh, my God. Am I just going to drink 10 beers tonight because I'm miserable? So shout out to Cesar. I thought that was like not maybe not a turning point, but approaching a turning point that got lost in like the bedlam that followed. That's a good call. Yeah, it was kind of quiet, but that inning could have been over in 90 seconds oh, yeah. <laughs> with three strikeouts on nine pitches pretty easily. That's a good call. Let's see a highlight moment. I mean, it's it's all leery for me. That that was unbelievable. 
Would you ever believe that Larry Garcia would hit a home run to the farthest part of the park to take the lead? Can, in, in like a pretty much do or die. It's hard to like bury the lead. Like I like your like, you know, deep game, work the count, stay alive, but that was the moment. I'm so you asked like, would you ever believe? I'm gonna be that guy and I'm gonna say yes and I have proof. So I'm not one to take pictures at a game, not really one to take videos. I might go to like 10 games a year and take like one video. During that at bat, I think it was maybe like 2-1, 3-1, I pulled out my phone and I just like knew, I for some reason I pulled out my phone, I wasn't even thinking, like I was just a vessel for this to happen. And I have that on video, like that pitch, that home run, the raucous the celebration afterwards. Oh, you got to send me that because you're probably the only person on earth with that video. <laughs> there are 45,000 people there. It's like, you know what? Larry's about to do something special. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you. It, it, man, God, that guy, that's a special player. Like the amount of clutch hits he's had this year. Just in my mind, I was like, he's going to do something here. Maybe it's not a homer, but like something's going to happen. Right man, right spot. Especially because like rewind a tiny bit. Grandal hit that homer. Unbelievable. But then we still had two outs, down two. Yep. Mikata two out hit. Sheets two out hit. Like, that is, there were some clutch players. Like, everyone, one through nine, was clutch as hell today. Yeah. It, like, at the end of the game, I think they had 16 hits, and I don't even know how many walks, maybe four or five. It, it was a super productive day. Uh, another moment, well, I guess moments, the bullpen finally showing up and just being dominant like Kopech started a bit rocky but I don't know if anyone could blame him the emotions at the time super high and you know what he got what two two or three innings and he did a good enough job then Tapera and Bummer uh Kimbrel Hendricks were just lights out I think they retired like 15 in a row to close out the game and the, the Astros looked horrible in the batter's box, like some of the worst at bats, you'll see a team with the best offense take like a lot of three, four strike or pitch strikeouts. They looked horrible and the bullpen looked awesome. And that was great to see because we haven't even got a chance to get to that shutdown. Like the plan was our starting pitching is going to be great. The offense is going to be great. And then the bullpens can come in and close out games. Well, it hasn't worked out that way until last night so that was a big highlight for me seeing them actually get to go out there and do their job yeah a couple thoughts on that just uh to pair up bummer and kimbrell Hendricks, five innings zero hits zero walks nine strikeouts unbelievable but then it's going back to kopech i think it's easy to forget that like he's actually a rookie this was his first playoff appearance in his career and like the he i thought he did really well that tucker homer that wasn't crushed. It was just like opposite field. Kind. Of, I didn't think it was going out when he hit it. I thought it was like a lazy fly ball. It just kept carrying. I was kind of shocked that they pitched to Tucker at all in the game. I don't know why they're pitching to him still. They should be, you know, trying to get get yourself out or take a walk because he's crushing us in this series. And I know, like, Gudiel is the batting champ. I know he, like, won the batting title, but he's been awful, like, these games. So I'd, I'd much rather pitch to Gudiel than Tucker. Yeah, qualified awful. I think he was 
batting like 600 or 700 on the series coming into the game. <laughs> right, you know, but everyone else is at 900, so you have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, go but ahead. Co- Kopech, um, and maybe it didn't like translate on TV because like you look at his lines like, oh, two and a third, give up a homer, five base runners, three runs, like, man, he sucked. But in the, in the moment at the stadium, he really like changed – I hate using the word momentum, but I, th- I feel like he did change the energy in the stadium where, like, he finally gave someone uh, something to root for rather than hope doesn't happen. Like, at first cease, it was just, please throw a strike. Like, please don't throw a ball. Rakopek, so exciting. Throwing 99. That slider's disgusting. He's, like, so energetic and, like, you know, passionate on the field where cease is super stoic. So even if Kopech, the line, wasn't awesome, I thought he was so important yesterday. I agree. I mean, the line is ugly, but you just said it. Cease could not throw a strike, and we were all praying he would. And Kopech came out, and he struggled a bit to throw a strike for his couple batters. But then it started happening. It, like, you, <laughs> we a first pitch strike was almost unthinkable for an inning and a half there. So he definitely got us back on track and sort of made – made the, the win seem possible again. It all kind of started there. We so were so job. desperate for strikes that you and I were like, I'd be fine if Hendricks just came in. Like, yeah. in, I don't care. Like, we need someone to throw a strike. I still think that that would have been the better call. Just <laughs> stop the bleeding. Yes. Yeah, get Hendricks in there for two innings and then figure it out. But it worked out. Hendricks still got a little appearance, too. Uh, so... Happy days. Sox win. Uh, on the bullpen, do you, do you have any more highlights you want to talk about? Or um, I got one thing on the bullpen. I don't know if you saw. Do you see what uh, Ryan Tapera said yesterday? Yeah, that that's exactly what I wanted to get to. So, yeah, Perfect. go ahead. Oh, no, you can uh, why don't you summarize what he said. So, he pretty much intimated that uh, the Astros may be doing some, some funny stuff. They may be sign-stealing again when you compare – the whiffs and the at-bats from home to their their home games at Minute Maid to uh, what happened last night at the, at the great field. Um, so, yeah, he made that statement. He's been uh, received pretty harshly, I think, by the general baseball public. Yeah. I think Sox fans are obviously going to back their guy. Um, my take on it is – in a game where you have an event like what happened with Grundahl in the fourth inning and you've got Dusty Baker calling into question what happened and was he cheating, it's just important to remind everyone that the Astros did in fact cheat for years. It's been proven. They won World Series and pennants while doing it. So let's... Let's all everyone be careful. I think that that was his intent, that there is no actual sign stealing. He's just trying to re- remove the focus on Grandal and what happened last night. And just like, yeah, you guys cheated too. So that's what's yeah. up. That's my take. Yeah, I don't think Tapera was implying like in Houston, they had their sophisticated cheating mechanism going on with video and trash cans. I don't think he was saying that. I do, I do think he was like, I mean, personally, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some sign stealing still going on. I mean, like, 
I forget if it was the Red Sox when the the first whispers came out about like Alex Cora and that. Everyone in baseball said like, oh yeah, every team does this. Like maybe it's not videotaping, but like every single team might have a guy in the outfield with like binoculars relaying something. Maybe not like recording and using like a bunch of TVs, but like the extent to which this is widespread would I think shock a lot of fans. Is what these players would say. So, is there home field advantage with that? Like, yeah, I'm sure there is. And I'm sure there is for the Sox. Like, it'd be weird if we just thought we were, like, pure. I'm sure we're doing something, you know. But I thought it was funny more than anything what Tapera said. Like, coming off this awesome game and just, like, still digging into the Astros. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and, I mean, the Sox, if you look at the Sox home and away splits, they're, they're prime candidates to be sign stealers, <laughs> too. Like, our home away record and just offensive production are – it's pretty night and day. Um, so who knows? Here's a, here's a fun stat to back that up. Every single player on the Sox reached base at least twice yesterday, except for Jose Abreu. Isn't that amazing? Every single player except Abreu was on base at least twice. It seemed that way. So, yeah, I mean, it checks out. Abreu kind of had a rough game last night. He came up in a big spot where, like, I think every single person in the stadium was like, here we go, MVP, going to jack a dinger, and then like, phew, God, horrible strikeout. Yeah, it was good to see him back in the field. I do think he is our best defensive first baseman, so it's good to see him back out there after the flu, non-COVID flu-like symptoms he had before. He had that uh, neck scarf with God knows what packed in the throat, but uh, <laughs> he seems okay, so that hopefully he can have some big hits. He does have like two RBIs, I think, in the series, so he's not been missing. But we need we need some extra base hits from from Abreu. Oh yeah. What? So a, we have. Go ahead. <laughs> I think the biggest thing we haven't talked about yet is the decision to start Dylan Cease. Like I know we talked about Cease, but the decision to start him. What did you think at the time when it was announced? What did you think like while Cease was imploding? And what do you think with some time to reflect? afterwards was it the right call would you have done the same so i'm a i'm a cease fanboy so having tickets to the game i was super excited that he was named the starter i think he earned it uh during the season um whether it should have been rodan or cease honestly you could do a coin flip for me i would have been happy either way with either of them how it turned out i can't even be really that mad like on the Kopech note you made earlier he cease is pretty much a rookie too so yeah. he, we've seen this before where he just can't locate any pitches so it's not out of nowhere it happens it was unfortunate would have liked to see four solid innings five but you know it's the playoffs like people get chased out of games it's the playoffs <laughs> i didn't think it was that disastrous to be honest it was bad but uh it happens a lot. So, I mean, it pretty much happened to Lynn. It's just he stayed in longer. Like, he got he got beat around, too. Like, pretty much every Sox starter has gotten beat up a little bit. I think that's what diffused my anger after I uh, had some time to reflect. Like, I was very upset that Rodon didn't get the ball for Game 3. 
I was upset beforehand. I was upset dirt while Cease was shit in the bed. I was upset, like, right after the game. But then I was thinking exactly what you said. Like, Lynn Giolito sucked. Like, this is an awesome offense. And in addition, Rodon still has to go out there today in a sudden death game. It's just the order in which you put him. Like, Cease and Rodon both have to pitch with their backs against the wall. So I still, I think it was the wrong move. I still think, obviously, it was. But I'm not as pissed off as I was this time yesterday when it was announced. I just like the thought of Rodon going through these years of rehab, putting the team on his shoulder this year, having like a Cy Young campaign, and then not being able to pitch in the playoffs. That just like really left such a bad taste in my mouth if that were to happen. Yeah, here's a crazy conspiracy theory. Do you think there was any part of it that's like, well, he has less less stake in a contract negotiation if he didn't start a playoff game. That is a crazy conspiracy theory. I don't know. I was thinking that while while we were getting our asses kicked in the early part of the game, my mind was wandering to like next year and thinking like, is Kopech going to start? Is Rodon gone? Like, do they want Rodon gone? Because Kopech is like ready to go. And I got, I don't know. I think for, from Rodon's perspective, like, that tonight is more important for him, kind of, because, like, if he goes out there and he's throwing 88, 89, and gets rocked a little bit, like, he might cost himself literally, like, $20 million. But if he goes out seven innings, 11 strikeouts, throwing 97, like, I, it's ironic, like, the better he does today, the less likely we are to keep him in the offseason. Right. That's... That's the basis of the of the yeah. conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm just like talking myself through both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's all – I brought up the conspiracy, but I don't believe in it. Um, I think that the Sox are more concerned about Rodon than the fans are. Just based on what they've said about, you know, his fatigue and Tony La Russa's opinion of it. I don't think Tony wants to start Rodon. I just don't think he has another ch- another option, really. I think that's where it's at. I think they're pretty concerned about how effective Rodon can be against the Astros in more than one inning. And I am too, honestly. I am not concerned because I think nobody is expecting Rod- Rodon doesn't have to go out there today and pitch 110 pitches. Like, I don't think Rodon thinks he can. I don't think the Sox thinks he can. And, like, Keuchel, I know he's been awful this season, but I think that's why he's on the team and why he's on the roster. Like, if Rodon can't go, let's say Rodon gets, goes two and, and a third innings. He can't even finish the first. Well, Keuchel's there. Like, we were paying him a ton of money. Big ch- big spot. Like, Keuchel, go give us four innings. Get us to the bullpen. So, I'm not super concerned, but I think, like, if we weren't a playoff team, they would have shut down Rodan maybe like two months ago even. And that concerns me because like the innings limit, he's probably blown past whatever innings limit he had. They like just erased that. So it's tricky. Like I hope for his long-term health, he stays healthy. I want him to get paid, but I also want him to just be a horse tonight and dominate. You said Keiko could pitch today? Right. Isn't he on the roster? He did not. He was not included in the ALDS roster. No. How did I miss that? Oh my god! Never mind. 
Yeah, I was like, maybe I misread that. I just double checked. He was not included. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, then never mind. Re- retract all that, Rodan. We need eight innings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after having Kopech, go, like, we do really need a good performance by Rodan, and I don't think the Sox wanted to count on that, especially after using the bullpen for six, like six, seven innings plus last night. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We're all we're all hoping for the best, I guess. Just since you brought up Keuchel, that's kind of my fear is that like Keuchel is kind like the season was kind of like a even a reduced version of a reduced version of himself. And we saw how ineffective that was. I have the same concern about, you know, a lefty Rodon going against a righty heavy lineup a, just crushes the ball lineup. I I hope he can throw 95. That's it. <laughs> I don't need 99, 97. I'll settle. If he can average 93 and touch 95, I think we're fine. If he's throwing 91, 87, we're going to get lit up. I mean, if you're expecting him to go once through the order, he's just a two-pitch pitcher, and that's fine. Throw 95, wipe out slider, no one sees you twice, and get out of there in the fourth inning. Like That's probably what's going to happen today. I think that's best case scenario. We get three innings, maybe two and some change, and we just go with that and we take it as a win. Do you think it's possible we see Lynn tonight on short rest? Because like, he threw maybe like 70 pitches, if I remember correctly, and he there would be like one fewer day rest, but could he give you two innings today? I think everything's on the table in a playoff game, and – Lynn seems to have that kind of, I don't know. He's a huge beast, beast man, and he, he can he can fall back on that beast man nature, and I, I don't know. I think if anyone's available, it would be him for sure from the starters. Yeah. Why not two innings? Go ahead. I, I think there's actually a pretty good chance now that you bring it up, just because of how how spread thin. The only concern I have, like. Is Lynn even an effective option to bring in with his pitch mix against this lineup? Is that a, even smart? Like we saw how much more, like as soon as Reynaldo came into that game, just having a slider, that was huge. <laughs> I think you know? what this team has proven against the Astros is that like realistically no pitcher can make it more than once through the order. So, like, Lynn facing the Astros a second time, like, yeah, that terrifies me. But if we just accept the fact, like, today and hopefully game five, starters get us three innings, maybe a fourth. Let's turn it over to the bullpen. No hitter sees the same pitcher twice. Much like the Rays do. Like, Larusa really needs to treat this uh, pitching staff like we're the Rays. Three innings max for starters, do openers, get creative. Otherwise, we'll get shelled. Yeah. Did, have they put the lineup out for today's game? They should. Usually they do it like three hours before. Let me check. I'm typing into Ask Jeeves as we speak. This is breaking news. Ask Jeeves? Oh, yeah. I'm an early investor. I've lost a fortune. <laughs> well, you got to hang on to it. It might GME. It might just come back. Uh, no lineup yet. Well, we'll see. 
Well, we want to keep this one a bit short. We got it's like 11 a.m. now. We want to get this out there in case anyone can listen to it before the game. Uh, do you have any more topics you want to hit on, or do you want to just close it there with some some well wishes for the Sox? My one hope, Moncada, bump him up to the two spot, and let's roll. Yeah, we talked about that before the game yesterday. Not being entirely thrilled with the righty lefty distribution. I I. I think we need to get a lefty up in the lineup, like yep. Mankata, right there in the two hole, right where he should be. He's been playing really well. He oh, doesn't yeah. have like a lot of run production. He's scored runs. He hasn't driven in too much, but I think he's somebody. He's due for a big game. Him or Abreu need to have a big game. Yeah, well, I mean, or Grandal is one of those. Yeah, I think Eloy I have no confidence in Abreu, Grandal, Mankata. Get us to game five. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this quick playoff update. Uh, go Sox. We need to win today. We need to win the next two. Let's do it. Sox and five. Let's get it done. That's unbelievable.